0: Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the Church of Thessalonians in God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I want us to think this morning about the marks of a healthy church. Or if you want to think about it individualistically, the marks of a healthy Christian. And I've got... um, Uh, Two believers uh, who have changed the world in our history, and they've got quotes that I want you to think about this morning, and they're quite serious and important. So Martin Luther King Jr. said this, feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving My warrant is the word of God. Nothing else is worth believing. Think about that. Feelings come, feelings go. What are we going to build our our life on? And he says, the rock of the Bible, the word of God. And there was this famous uh, British evangelist um, called Smith Wigglesworth. What a name. He said this. Great faith is a product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Great triumphs can only come after great trials. Really profound stuff, isn't it, as we think about the world we're in, and the trials, and the particular trials that individuals we love are facing. God is sort of pitching us to say, how are we going to handle this? What's our attitude? Well, the Apostle Paul, what did he have to say? In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, he said, But now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So I want to ask us, what's really significant in our lives? What will really stand the test of time? What will have meaning when other things cease to be so? In that verse, faith, hope and love, Paul refers to these three favourite themes of his, the triad of faith, hope and love. All of these are significant components of our love, and they can be a measure for us to see how healthy we are, how healthy our faith, our trust in God, how our love for God and love for people is, and how our perspective for the future and eternity is. And this church is called to be salt and light. We need to be good news to the world and Uh, we're thinking about renewal and uh, during uh, this season often people renew themselves with holidays, with time out. And of course the word holiday comes from holy day, time to retreat and be renewed in Christ. So what are the marks of a healthy Christian? A healthy church and that's why we're looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and uh, particularly from verse 3 onwards. And we think about ourselves, we're here corporately, communally to worship God and we're orientating our lives to God through faith. We're loving others to in love and we have a hope for the future. So we are believers We are lovers, we are hopers for the future. All three are growing in the Thessalonian church. So the first thing I want to look at is faith is growing abundantly. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, the writer says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And the Apostle Paul is using in verse 3 about faith growing abundantly, it says in the New Revised Standard Version. It's a superlative. Abundantly. Is our faith growing in abundance? Can we say that? Often we think of faith in a static sense. I have made a decision I believe in Jesus, I've moved, I've done it, I've been baptised, I'm in membership of the church, I've got the t-shirt, I've done it. Whereas actually, the Bible's understanding of faith is much more dynamic than that. And we hear people say, I wish I had your faith. As though, I wish I had your hair. I wish as though faith is sort of genetic. And it's not genetic, it's each individual. And you hear people say, I've lost my faith, like I've lost my car keys, or I've lost air to breathe. We're sort of in God's lost and found department. And faith is a different genre. It's a dynamic relationship with God. Increase our faith is what the disciples asked of Jesus. Every Christian wants to grow in faith. It's not enough to be born again, to be converted. We want to grow into maturity, no longer spiritual babies. And faith comes through hearing the word of God and seeing Christians live through adversity so, faith is a key because it's right beliefs to a right relationship with God. Faith is the means by which we're joined to Christ. You can't be accepted or joined to Christ without faith. We live and follow the path of faith. And I read to you earlier Hebrews 11:6 without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it's faith which allows us to overcome our weaknesses uh, and m- become righteous in God's sight. Cory Temboom, Boom, that wonderful German mission- uh, Dutch missionary, said, Faith hears the inaudible, sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Secondly, we think about love. And sometimes our view of love, again, is very static. I love someone. I don't love you. It's rather, it's dynamic. i never forget when I went to Berlin with Operation Mobilization, a Christian mission agency, and there was a, <coughs> a, a guy called Michael who was very um, difficult to get on with and was uh, from another country, and I remember thinking, he is very difficult to get on with, and God really challenged me in that we were working amongst uh, Turkish Muslims in Berlin. There's a very big community sharing the gospel, and I suddenly realized it was my challenge and charge to love Michael no matter what. And that was a really seminal moment for me as a follower of Jesus to accept him as he was, as difficult as he was. And it actually changed our relationship. I'll never forget uh, when we left Berlin after a month's service, uh, he gave me his Bible. Such was our friendship. And we need the love of God to change our perspective. And the challenge of the gospel is even to love our enemies. And Paul says in two Thessalonians chapter one, "I want you to love one another more and more." So it's an increasing, cumulative thing, and the Thessalonians were were they're being boasted about because of their love. Can that be true for us? And he wants Paul does that love to increase in its breadth uh, and who it touches. It's for all for each and each for all, Paul is talking about this holy love of God. If you wanted to compare and contrast them, what's an unhealthy church? And we can test ourselves and you'll find it in various letters of Paul. It's a church is unhealthy when it develops cliques, where there are circles of people who just stick in their circumference of friends and don't say hello to other people. It can be fatuous. Oh, they're the sort of modernists and they're the traditionalists. It could be quarrelling. It could be slander. It could be people being aloof from one another. It could be people being sour or alienated. And an unloving church is a contradiction to the gospel because the gospel is about the love of Christ in us. We're a new community. There are no barriers, racial, social, age. We're all one in Christ. You're my brother and sister whether you like it or not. And the Thessalonians, they served and they loved one another. And love is the hallmark of the life of Jesus. And when we love, we are letting our faith in Christ demonstrate his love flowing through us. In other words, we hope for a world, as we prayed in our intercessions, of a world dominated by love. Not frivolous, silly love, but deep, strong and true divine love. When we love now, we demonstrate the reality of hope in our hearts. And so it's really important. We cannot speak meaningfully about faith and hope unless we practice love. And love without faith and hope is just uh, like a mist in the morning and it's gone. Thirdly and finally, Paul talks about, actually in verse 4, he doesn't use the word hope. He uses the word steadfastness, steadfastness, perseverance. And uh, steadfastness, perseverance are children of hope. Romans 5 verse 5, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And I think this is one of the qualities I love in Christians that I observe around me here and in other places. Steadfastness is that constancy It's like a ship going through rough waves and it's constant. It's not going to deter its course and its navigation. And we're not deflected. And friends, believe it or not, suffering, surprisingly, is a hallmark of a healthy church. As well as our standards of conduct and behaviour... Faith will provoke the world, will provoke others who don't share our faith. And when we say about the supremacy of Jesus Christ, that will make us unpopular. But this is the faith we have, and we are aware of many Christians around the world who are suffering very poignantly for being Christian. And so we should not be unaware that suffering is that hallmark too, And that's both being persecuted, but also with affliction. Some of us will be afflicted with ill health. And how we respond to that will share something of the God we believe in. And that's why I read to you those quotes from Martin Luther King. He faced great evil. The white supremacists bombed his family home. And he sat there in his kitchen... He was a liberal theologian and it changed him when he had to face his own uh, temporary mortality. Does he believe in this book of the Bible or not? And it changed him that he was not going to build his life on emotion and feelings that come and go, but on the truth of God's word. And Smith Wigglesworth, from great trials comes great faith doesn't mean to say we feel victorious, we feel strong always, but we're constant, we will come through. So for Paul, hope meant the ultimate blessings that await us in heaven. Hope is the end game towards which faith points us. Hope keeps us going even in the darkest of hours. We are those who are on a journey to a beautiful destination. A dear brother Uh, passed on recently, um, who was well known to the British churches. He was the General Director of the Evangelical Alliance in the 90s and early noughties. Joel Edwards, a wonderful Christian man, and uh, he he passed earlier this month, and he wrote something on his Facebook page uh, that, I am going before you, and I look forward to welcoming you When it's your time to come into the kingdom. Isn't that wonderful that the hope we have in Christ, we are not hopeless, we are hopeful. So it's that internal reality of a future that is completely real for us. Jesus Christ is for us. And so Paul sees two Christian principles abiding through our lives and that's love. Um, Love is not just a feeling. It's an attitude of our hearts and our minds. So think of church, you think of God. And you think of the churches of Colchester, Sardis, Lagos. You think of churches in Hong Kong. They are all of God in the name of Christ. And Paul sees God at work in the church. He sees faith, hope and love. It's the work of God in our lives. So I think it's really important as we conclude that as we see the work of wicked flourishing often around us and God's people suffering, we find that God is still with us. There's a wonderful uh, pastor who died in the Second World War, a godly man called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he wrote this hymn in prison while he was suffering. As a Christian pastor, he was part of the resistance movement in Germany during the Nazi war. And he wrote this in the hymn. It's in our hymn book. Listen carefully. By gracious powers so wonderfully sheltered and confidently waiting, come what may. He's in prison. Paul was in prison. We know that God is with us night and morning, and never fails to meet us each new day. Yet our hearts, by their old foe tormented, still evil days bring burdens hard to bear. O give our frightened souls the sure salvation, for which, O Lord, you taught us to prepare. And when the cup you give is filled to brimming with bitter suffering hard to understand, And listen to this. We take it gladly, trusting, though with trembling, out of so good and so beloved a hand. And we need to be those who trust the hand of God over our lives. Whatever we're facing, we need to know that God is with us and that God is doing something beyond our human sight. We don't see it. He is allowing wicked people to flourish temporarily. But there will be judgment day. There will be a righteous judgment. Martin Luther King said, if you lose hope, somehow you lose the vitality that keeps life moving. You lose that courage to be, that quality that helps you go on in spite of all of it. And so today, I still have a dream. So, how do we sum all this up? Friends, know that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. Ask for his love this week to fill your life every day. Choose to love all people regardless. See the potential in others around you and see what God can do through them. And so begin to pray and do something loving for someone who isn't nice to you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the great triad that you give us of faith, hope and love. Lord, we're going through a tumultuous time across the world with the pandemic with resetting and changing fortunes. Lord, many of us are tired and frustrated and we feel we're at our wits' end. So today, fill us with faith, hope and love, your love. Strengthen us, help us to be that beacon of light for those around us. Help us to serve others in Jesus' name. Help us to hold others in the love of Christ, to encourage, to build up and not knock down. Father God, may we be a healthy church built on these three pillars. May we look above unhealthy aspects and be Focused on being people of the triad of faith, hope, and love. May that be true for our lives. May that be true for our children. May that be true in our relationships, at work, at home, at play. Lord, recenter us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.